You may be seated for the reading of God's word, and um, as Joni comes up, a little extra love to Joni, who's pretty much reading the entire book of Jonah for us today. <laughs> and when I saw it was Jonah, yay, veggie tales. <laughs> Today's reading is from Jonah, chapters 1, 3, and 4. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, some of Amittai, saying, Go at once to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah set out to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid his fare and went on board to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and such a mighty storm came upon the sea that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried to his God. They threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. Jonah, meanwhile, had gone down into the hold of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. The captain came down and said to him, What are you doing sound asleep? Get up, call on your God. Perhaps the God will spare us a thought so that we do not perish. The sailors said to one another, Come, let us cast lots so that we may know on whose account this calamity has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us why this calamity has come upon us. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? I am Hebrew, he replied. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were even more afraid and said to him, What is it that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them so. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea was growing more and more tempestuous. He said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea, and then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great storm has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to bring the ship back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more stormy against them. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, O Lord, we pray, do not let us perish on account of this man's life. Do not make us guilty of innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked Jonah up, and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased its raging. Then the men feared the Lord even more, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. But the Lord provided a large fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Get up and go to Nineveh that great city, and proclaim it the message that I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh, 
according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk, and he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on a sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. Then he had a proclamation made in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, no human being or animal, no herd or flock, shall taste anything. They shall not feed, nor shall they drink water. Human beings and animals shall be covered with sackcloth, and they shall cry mightily to God. All shall turn from their evil ways and from the violence that is in their hands. Who knows? God may relent and change his mind. He may turn from his fierce anger so that we do not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. But this was very displeasing to Jonah, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said while I was in my own country? That is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and ready to relent from punishing. And now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? Then Jonah went out of the city and sat down east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade, waiting to see what would become of the city. The Lord God appointed a bush and made it come over Jonah to give shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was very happy about the bush. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the bush so that it withered. When the sun rose, God prepared prepared a sultry east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint and asked that he might die. He said, It is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the bush? And he said, yes, angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you are concerned about the bush for which you did not labor and which you did not grow. It came into being in a night and perished in a night. And I should not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also many animals, the word of God, the word of life.
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Bwana Yesu asifiwe. I thank God for this wonderful morning. Actually, if you look at us with our store, I have a green one, blue and white. They all look alike. That means solidarity in our partnership. Whenever I'll be where this tall, and in society I'll be remembering you and our unity and pray for each other. Well, let's go back to the word of God. It's uh, almost the whole book of Jonah. Yeah, the book of Jonah is different from other prophetic books. It never calls Jonah a prophet. And it is concerned not with Israelites and Judah. We used to know that every prophet was talking about Israel and Judah. But now he's talking about other people who are not Israelites. It is more like a large parable that a book than a book with prophets. The book of Jonah seems to come from a time when the city of Nineveh was hated by the Jews. You will try to see why Jonah is hated, he's running away. You will think, may Jonah hate the Gentile? That's why he didn't want to go to Nineveh? We will see whether he hate the, the Gentile or not. But certainly, Jonah hates the city. Nineveh is the capital, used to be the capital city of Assyria. And uh, Samaria, where Jonah came from, uh, used to be a capital city of Israel. And Assyria, at one time, destroyed Samaria, destroyed Israel. So if you look at this history, you can probably find why Jonah is angry with Nineveh. It's like somebody is sent to his enemy to tell them good news. Now it become hard with Jonah. Maybe you remember if his parents, relatives who have been killed, destroyed by the people of the Nineveh at that time. So now God is sending him to the very same people to send the good news, of which Jonah didn't want it to happen. Jonah's wishes was for this city to perish and everybody as a revenge. But let's see the, the trip of Jonah running away from God in a ship. I always ask many questions. When I read the message Jonah said to, to the sailors, that verse, verse 9, uh, that chapter 1, verse 9, which said, when he introduced himself that I'm a Hebrew and I fear God of living, of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This statement mentioned by Jonah, the very same Jonah who proclaimed God to be everything, the made of heaven 
and sea. And then he ran away from God through the sea, the ship. But this was also, uh, there is a message to learn from this message, which is spoke on the ship in the midst of storm. It seems Jonah believed in God very much, and he knows everything about his might and his grace and his love. So he testified. And it is it, it states more actually made the people, the sailors, to turn from their gods and to the God of heaven. And now they ask, what do we do? Actually, they all trembled. So they start praying to the God of Jonah. You see, after here, Jonah, strong, all soldiers feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. So I say, this is what I say, a short lesson to learn from that boat. God brought a storm, not only to get Jonah repent and go back to his call, but also to save the sailors. Use your storm positively, and God will be magnified. You might be go through a number of storms in your life. When you run from your call, because each of us has a call, God brought us on earth for a reason. Each of us has been made for a reason, for a purpose, the purpose of God. So if you run away from the purpose, from your call, it may be the reason to attract the storm in your life. So the best way, remember, God is bigger than anything. He's bigger than any problem. He's bigger than any mountain. He's bigger than any stress. Confessing him in front of all these storms and all these kind of challenges in your life, that will definitely make God to intervene in your situation. It is not interesting to note that every major player in the story, every major player in the story, the storms, the fish, the king, the Ninevites, the vine, the worm, and the east wind, all obey God except Jonah. It's interesting. Jonah needed a process to do that, a long process to do that. So don't wait for a long process for you to believe in God. It's better to go right straight. Believe in him right at the beginning. It's better to know the God you believe is everything. And everything is God's servant. That God can use anything, anything. He used the storms. He used can use anything to help you. What you need is just to really turn to God and believe him. Amen. The storm and the big fish had another duty to do in Jonah's life, to make him humble, to submit him 
the storm and the big fish. Then, staying in the belly of the fish, Jonah, repent, repent. After all this torture, then he repents. And something there, that is something to, to know. Jonah was sent to tell people about the message of God, about their iniquities that they are supposed to change. But I can see here, sometime, I think, sometime, a leader or a believer must repent before he can call people to do that, to do so. That's how Jonah was made to repent himself before he called people to repent. May the storm and any kind of temptation you are going through bring you down on your knees and meet your breakthrough. There and your miracle. May the storms make you closer to God. May the temptation that you are going through bring you closer to God not running away from God. If the temptation and all that you're going through bring you closer to God, there is when you will see the mighty power of God intervene in whatever the situation. You know, God can intervene, use anything just for you. Like you see all these characters, it was all about Jonah. Jonah did all it takes. God did all it takes to get Jonah go to the court. To his call. The same God can do with you if you let him by coming to him with your storms and everything. Don't run away. It is just the matter of time. Don't give up. Don't quit. God is always there and his time is always perfect. I remember David in Psalm 139. He it's a nice psalm, actually, I like it. I love the Psalm 179. David says, oh God, how can I run away from you? If I say I go to heaven, you are there. If I say I'll go to hell, you are there. If I go wherever I go, you are there. There is no way I can run away from you. With what I am, I come to you. You knew me even before I was made in my mother's womb. David said so. David realized he cannot run away from God. And always, for David, this was his victory. Whenever I find confrontation, whenever I fall, like in a scene, in anything, he used to run back to God very quickly. And God was always there for him. Despite Jonah's disobedience, his lack of perspective, his cultural prejudice, his self-righteousness, his wrong motives, and his bad activities, God never gave up on him. It seems as the central, the central lesson here, the central lesson here, sometime God uses us in spite of us. Sometimes God uses us in spite of us. He even used reluctant leader 
to accomplish his gracious mission. Amen. God is good, and God loves us. I remember of one example, uh, a woman who was in a need, he called a radio station, Christian radio station, asked for food. And the devil worshippers overheard this conversation in the radio. And then they said, come on, this woman, she thinks that only God gives food. Then he ordered his person to send to rush the food to this woman and told her that this food is coming from the devil. Then the man sent the food quickly to a woman. He knocked the door. He gave the food. Then the woman received the food happily. And then the man asked, are you not interested to know where the food comes from? Then the woman answers, I don't care what I care. When God says, even the devil's response. <laughs> God can use anything just to get you through. You just need to, to believe him and to trust him. Another important point in this lesson is when Jonah preaches his very short sermon, very short sermon, a sermon with no love in it at all. It is not like the sermon of Abraham when Abraham was praying for God to save Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, God, if you meet 50, but Jonah, Jonah just pray. It, his message, his sermon hardly takes five seconds. Five seconds. He just say, yet 40 days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. But look, look at their serious response, the people of Nineveh. Turned, put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. The king announced national first day for three days. Man and animal, all in sackcloth. And at that point, God repented, which he had said he would do to them. God can change. Can God repent? Can God change of what he said? Yes, God can change. Your repentance, your submissive can change God's mind. And God, repentance release God's grace and forgiveness, blessings, and restores his good plan he has in store for us. Repentance bring God to intervene and to take you back to the call that he has called you for in this world. God desire our prayer and intercessions, and that he listens to us. Even when God declares he's going to destroy the city, going to destroy I and you and I, he will change his mind if the people of the city repent. Even if he declares upon repentance, God will change his mind. Even if you are tired of yourself, God is not tired of you. Even if you are like giving up, God is not giving up on you. You just repent, and God will just be there. 
what is the Nineveh seat of today? We've read about the Nineveh. I'm just about to finish. The Nineveh seat is the world. The world we are living today is full of all kinds of iniquities and weaknesses and all kinds of problems. It's actually, I can say, it's more than the Nineveh, the way the world is today. And who is Jonah? You and I. God has sent us to this world to preach the gospel. Remember the Great Commission? We got to do this. I'm real happy. I've seen you do this in a holistical way, in many ways, because we are his and we have different talents. From your talents, you save the Lord. Sometimes it's not for everybody to stand and preach, but what you give in it does that job. The church does that on your behalf. You are working somewhere, you are saving the Lord. Wherever you are going, you are saving the God's call. Just make sure you connect with the main call, the main agenda of God, great commission. Connect your work, your jobs, your talents, your gift with the main call, great commission. And then together, we find ourselves, we serve the purpose of God. By saving each other, we are saving the purpose of God. Amen. Don't change the word of God. Let the word of God change you. God is sending us to send the unchanging word of God to a changing world. The world is changing. The, mis the means of sending the gospel is changing, but the word is unchanged. We send the gospel. So each of us, in his or her capacity, we should really send the gospel in a new environment without changing the content of the word, but we can change the means of sending this gospel to different people, Different ways. Sometimes sit there and live your Christianity life in the midst of people who are evil. That, that alone is enough, full enough to preach, full enough to send. Help the needy. That alone is where you meet Jesus, isn't so? Do we meet Jesus in Holy Communion? Where do we meet Jesus? Where do we meet Jesus? When we serve his call. And to save his call is to help one another. That's why when we get there, God will ask, will say, I was in need. I was homeless. You didn't give me a shelter. I was hungry. You didn't give me food. Then some people will say, oh, Lord, when did we see you and give you food? Not. And then Jesus will respond. The same you did to one of those little ones. You did to me. May the Lord help us to be his messengers, to send the word of God in a confusing world, in a world which is full of all kind of evil. And may we be part of the solution 
and not part of the problem in his world. Amen. God bless his world.